You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Over 153,000 people die every day because of sin. If there were no sin, there would be no death. Boy, that puts things into perspective. If I was the main anchor on the most popular news station, I would want to go on every day and give the update on how many people have died. People are dying every day. Whenever the world faces some type of disaster, outbreak, or otherwise, it can be easy for us to get caught up in the numbers of casualties. In most cases, we end up getting so distracted that we forget about the real killer, the wages of sin. In today's message, Pastor Danny will remind you that while some disasters are greater than others, they all pale in comparison to the effects of sin. In his study, you'll be encouraged to share the gospel all the more when the world faces such trying times. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Luke, chapter 16, as he begins his message, Conquering Death. you realize it for much of history people have dreamed and searched for some magic waters that would keep them young and allow them to escape death the most famous person linked to this search for a fountain of youth uh, his name was Juan Ponce de Leon he allegedly thought he would find this fountain in Florida believe it or not there's a tourist attraction north of us in St. Augustine Florida Uh, that dates back over a hundred years and purports to be the fountain that Ponce de Leon, um, well, hoped would be his fountain of youth. But the water from this sulfur-smelling natural spring will not turn you back into a teenager. We were actually going to go there and film uh, for the Easter service, but they closed it down because of COVID-19. Well, let me just tell you, The Ponce uh, drank from the fountain, but he was disappointed, and he's now dead. We're still fascinated by the idea of a fountain of youth. Catch this. 1953, the Walt Disney Company created a cartoon entitled Don's Fountain of Youth, in which Donald Duck had supposedly discovered the fountain. 1974, Marvel Comics featured the fountain, but it only worked if you bathed in it. If you drank from it, you'd become crippled. 1976, there was a comedy series called Big John, Little John, in which a middle-aged man drank from a fountain, and then he switched back from 
12 years old to 43 years old, back and forth throughout the series. There was a novel, a novel about Big John, Little John, that they later turned into a film. My wife and I went and saw it when it came out to the theater. It was called Tuck Everlasting. It depicted a family that stopped aging after drinking from a spring deep in the woods where they live. And if you're a Pirates of the Caribbean fan, the fourth installment of the film Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is based on a journey in search of the fountain of youth. What happens when people die? That's our first question. What happens? Well, the Bible tells us we're created in the image of God. Uh, God is a trichotomy, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Not three different gods, one. Mysterious, yet true. We are a trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit. Now, the spirit is not without form. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us angels are spirits, and yet every time they appear, recorded in the Scriptures, they appear as human. And we don't have time to get into it, but there's verse after verse that confirm for us that people of faith and some who didn't have faith that have left this world by way of death still maintain recognizable features in the next life. Before Jesus died on the cross, each person's spirit went to a place called Sheol. Sheol. In Psalm 89, verse 48, the question is asked, what man can live and not see death or save himself from the power of the grave? Sheol. Jesus told a story. I'm going to ask you to turn there with me. Luke's gospel, chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Not a parable, a real story about real people. There was a rich man. He was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. He had done well in life. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores, longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died. And the angels carried him to Abraham's side or Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and he was buried. In hell, in Hades, down, where he was in torment, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he's comforted here and you're in agony. And besides all this, catch this now, between us and you, and they're both in Sheol, they're both in the grave, if you will. Between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. 
And Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. They have the Bible. Let them listen to them, the scriptures. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Someone has risen from the dead. His name is Jesus. But now the main point of the story for us today, what happens when people die? Well, nobody can live and not see death or save himself from the power of the grave, from Sheol. Lots of verses, not the time to get into all of them, but all the verses in the Scriptures refer to Sheol. It's down. It's somewhere way down in the inner part of the earth. And before Jesus died on the cross, everybody went to Sheol. But according to Jesus, there were two compartments. There was one called Abraham's bosom. And there was another one that was a place of torment. We call it hell. Everybody went to one of those two places. But now, Psalm 68 prophesies that Messiah would go down and then he would ascend in a future day. And when he ascended, he would lead captives from down under toward heaven. Paul the Apostle refers to it. Look at it with me. Make a note of it. Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, this is so good. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. To each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That's why it says, and he quotes from Psalm 68, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train. That's his royal robe. Verse 9. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions, to Sheol? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Wow. Something significant happened when Jesus died on the cross. He went to Sheol in his spirit. And he took Abraham and all those who had died in the faith of Abraham. That's why it's called Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. Because God said to Abraham, through you, there's going to come a seed, a person. And through that person, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. You follow that promise through the pages of Scripture, through the prophecies, and that child that comes through the lineage of Abraham is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. The type. Isaac, the child given miraculously to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham takes Isaac up on Mount Moriah, which is Mount Calvary. He's ready to sacrifice him. It's a picture. It's a message of the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11, referring to Abraham, and it says he believed that God could raise the dead. And so all those who died in the faith that Abraham had, the faith in a coming Messiah who would die, be buried, 
three days later, rise again. All those people now who have died in faith, looking forward to the Messiah, now that the Messiah has come, they're no longer in Sheol. Lots of other verses. I don't have all these on PowerPoint. Philippians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle said, hey, I'm longing to depart from this body and be with the Lord. He wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, we prefer to be away from the body and present with the Lord. Jesus turned to the thief on the cross when the thief said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. We know paradise is heaven. Evidently, he went along for the ride to Sheol. Jesus preached, hey, victory won. Unlock the gates of Sheol for those who died in faith, looking forward to the coming Messiah, and they all now went to the very presence of the Father. Woohoo! I can hear you shouting if you were here physically, but now I have to shout by myself. You can shout from home. He's alive. And because he died and paid the price for our sin, was buried, buried our sin, and now risen again. And any person who dies in faith in Jesus now, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You say, what about that other place? Things still happening there? According to the Scriptures. You say, I don't believe in hell. Well, you don't believe in Jesus either because Jesus believes in hell. He taught about hell more than he taught about heaven in his first coming. But let me give you a scripture. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. Jesus said that hell, hell was created for the devil and his angels. Not for you. Not for me. You say, why do people go there? They go there because they choose to go there. Let me give you another great scripture, 2 Peter 3, 9. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, I like that, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what happens when people die? Well, you go to one of two places. You die in faith. You go to heaven. You die having not received the Savior, hell is real. But now the second question. Why do people die? It's an excellent question. Why do people die? Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned. Sin just means you miss the mark and fall short of the glory of God. That's the mark we missed. Romans chapter 5, verse 12, let me read it. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages, the payment of sin is death. That's why we die. You're probably keeping up with it more than 
1.5 million people around the world have been infected by the coronavirus. And over 100,000 have died, and they expect more to die. That was the latest I found this morning online, and that's from John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins University. It's awful. <laughs> but would you think with me about this? I mean, come on, think, think deeply with me about this. Sin is worse than the coronavirus. It's worse. You can wear a mask. You can self-quarantine. <laughs> you can live on your own island. You got a problem with sin. Why? Because you're born with it. You don't catch it from somebody else. You got it. As soon as you come into the world, you got it. Even before you come into the world, conceived in your mother's womb, you got a problem. I got a problem. We have a problem. Eight fifty-eight this morning, after I went down, did the little devotional downtown sunrise devotional. I went online, and you can go on this world population clock. And at 8.58 a.m., the world population, listen, was 7,777,272,152. Now, it changes. How they keep track of it, I have no idea. But the numbers, if you go on that clock, are changing. At 8.58 a.m. this morning, 60,270 people had already died in the world. Not of the coronavirus, just died. Maybe some of the coronavirus. You know how many people are going to die this year? This year, 16,488,549. Oh, I'm sorry. That was this year. This year. So far, so far this year, 16,488,549. By the time 2020 is over, 56 million plus people will die. Over 153,000 people die every day because of sin. If there were no sin, there would be no death. Boy, that puts things into perspective. If I was the main anchor on the most popular news station, I would want to go on every day and give the update on how many people have died. People are dying every day. Do I want people to die of coronavirus? Of course not. Of course not. Do I want to do everything I can to keep people from being infected and to keep it from spreading? Of course. That's why we're not meeting publicly here as a church. Together. Sin is worse than the coronavirus. People are dying. And, and the more I think about it, the more I think how odd it is, how ironic it is that we're so concerned globally about people dying from the coronavirus, but we're not concerned 
that millions of people are dying every year. Thousands of people are dying every day. Gets my juices as a pastor evangelistically going. People die because of sin. Ah, but if that's all I had to share with you, it'd be a pretty dismal day. God's made a way for man to conquer death. That's the theme he gave me weeks and weeks and weeks ago before the coronavirus, before we knew anything about the coronavirus. <laughs> I love this song. If you were here, I would say, say this with me. Maybe say it at your home. For with you is the fountain of life. There is a fountain of youth. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God's made a way. Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15 tells us that Jesus, because of what he did and sharing in our humanity and paying the price for our sin, that he has, he has now made it possible that we don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear death. Earlier verse I shared, but I only shared the first half. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. John 5, 24, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life. John 8, 51, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. John 11, verse 26, Jesus said, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Romans chapter 5, verse 21, just as sin reigned in death, so also grace, we don't deserve it, might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I love, I love 1 Corinthians 15. I shared from 1 Corinthians 15 this morning in our Devo at sunrise. But here in chapter 15, verse 55 to 57, the sting of death is sin. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's made a way for us to conquer death. And it's through Jesus. And it's only through Jesus. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. He's the only cure for sin. I think often about Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, especially in light of what's going on globally in our world and such a fear of death and people concerned about getting the virus and dying. Why is everybody so afraid? Because they know they might die. What's so bad about death? No matter what you believe, all kind of different ideas. What happens when you die? The Bible makes it very clear. One or two choices. Die in faith in the Savior. Receive the Savior. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. 
Jesus is the only answer. Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today to study the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. These books are the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. He came to save each person from sin. He offered Himself as a sacrifice, taking the punishment your sins deserve. Today, you can have a new life because of Jesus. Are you ready to make that decision and give Him your sins and accept His grace? If so, we're so happy for you, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. Please let us know by emailing us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We also want to encourage you to find a church home. Right now, we know that that's difficult, but we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship for our online services. At ccfstpete.church, we live stream every Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 and 11, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Join Pastor Danny to learn more from the Bible and to spend time with us worshiping our Savior. You can also explore more teachings from this series and others at our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Know that we're praying for you. And we hope you'll join us again next time to continue studying the Gospels right here on The Living Word.